The views and opinions expressed in the following podcast do not necessarily reflect those of the DVM Production Empire. That's how you know it's good. This is a DVMPE production. Join the Empire today at DVMPE.com. Welcome back to Checks and Balances Podcast, your edutainment podcast. We're your voice for when you want to hear some disinformation, some funny things, and also what we think is news. We do believe we are telling the truth most of the time. We do get some things wrong from time to time, but we do do our best. I am your host, John Madison, representing the left side of the equation, and of course, who is always with me to my right would be Eric, who did not make it this week. There will be no Eric Schwartz. So if you are a member of the GOP, a giant Trump supporter, now is the time to turn off the podcast. You might hear something educational. There won't be a rebuttal to it. No one will suggest anything crazy tonight. And that's unfortunate because that's why I do this on Tuesday. But because Eric didn't make it, we do have with us Chris West who is representing the independent every man side of the equation. We haven't quite figured out his political ideology yet. Chris, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. Great to be here, you know. Glad to be back, you know, back on track. I'm sad Eric couldn't be here, but, you know, we are doing big things over here. Eric's a busy man, you know. You know how it is. <laughs> I, I understand he might be celebrating some kind of birthday today. I did see on Facebook his uh, happy birthday. And, as a result, too, we will not be plugging the Checks and Balances Facebook store because I don't know any of that information. I, I don't even know if I've been to the Checks and Balances store, but you, our listeners, should check it out. And next week, when Eric is back, we will give you that information where to go or listen to last week's episode. Always <laughs> <laughs> do both. So, um, one of the major stories I saw really break this week that interested me um, was New York City put a COVID passport for all public places. This includes restaurants. If you want to go to a concert, you have to have your COVID passport or you can't go inside. Um, so, Chris, I, I'm kind of curious. What's your take on COVID passport? Good thing, bad thing? Well, it's weird. I got I got mixed feelings about this because, you see, the thing is, you know, my rational side comes out and goes, well, that's good. You know, in my mind, I love the idea of it. You know, the fact that we're being safe and secure and, and make sure everybody's vaccinated, not anybody sick, you know, um, that part of me loves it. But at the same time, you know, uh, the American patriot in me <laughs> um, can't help but feel, you know, that's a little it's a little authoritarian. It's a little scary, you know, to see that our government, you know, who we know has done um, very, um, you know, shady things, to say the least, in the past, um, could have that power and is also exercising that that power and or right that they have. Um, and obviously, it's just the state of New York, but still, um, you know, because I have my own views on COVID, I have my own views on the vaccine and, you know, what is and what isn't an efficient way of, you know, handling it. But then again, I'm not a doctor, you know, so um, who am I to say? But at the end of the day, I think it is a good thing, regardless of my feelings. I feel it's a good thing. Um, you know, we definitely don't need anybody getting sick. We definitely don't need anybody else dying of this terrible, 
disease. But um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I have the vaccine, so I'll be fine. So I guess ultimately I should say, you know, I don't, I don't, it is what it is. I, I might not care <laughs> that other people are angry about it, but you know, it sounds like a good thing overall. I didn't know you got the vaccine. I'm, I'm really glad to hear it. We can yes, finally yes. have a party at my house, but we can't invite Eric because he he's not got his vaccine. <laughs> yes, I got the vaccine. <laughs> not too long. Uh, it's maybe been about three months now since I've had it. Yeah. I mean, I just felt the need, you know, the moment they said you don't have to wear a mask anymore. And I felt, you know, comfortable with it because I didn't, as you know, I didn't take it initially when it first came out because, you know, they're never going to call it that. But once it reaches the public those are still trials you know what i mean at the end of the day like they're never gonna say that but it you know that's the the real ground zero that's the real you know um um the real test for the people the first time it comes out you know publicly so you know i don't want to take it then but i've seen the numbers i've seen what it's done i took the pfizer um which i thought was the most serious you know the you know the well the most you know well prepared well made um but yeah i took it and you know, felt fine. I didn't get any symptoms, first shot or second shot. Didn't feel anything, you know. I, I got Pfizer as well. I was a little tired after my second shot, but that was it. Nothing, uh, no adverse reaction for me. Um, and the studies are great. I, I hope all of our listeners go out and get a COVID vaccine. Um, if Eric were here, he would, of course, tell us, uh, no, you shouldn't, that uh, you should maybe take is it horse dewormer? Is that the new uh, hydrochloroquine <laughs> oh, we've been hearing about? Have you been uh, watching any of these stories about uh, horse dewormer? Is uh, Republicans now have started taking this horse dewormer, despite CDC saying, don't do it, it won't be a good thing. Um, Rand Paul famously said that uh, they won't investigate it because they hate Trump that much the scientists. I mean, I mean, is it really that much of a shock? I mean, come on. These are probably the same people whose children are eating Tide Pods. I mean, I mean, you know, the, the apple doesn't fall too far from the tree, you know? I mean, it's, people just want to be right, you know? They just want to do what they want to do, and that's how it's always going to be, you know? You tell them one thing, and they immediately do another. It's just, I don't know, we don't, maybe we don't grow up? I don't know, <laughs> but I'm not taking horse pills. <laughs> Some crazy human uh, nature there. If they tell you not to take the horse pills, you'll just have to take the horse pills. <laughs> um, but uh, Texas had seen a 550% jump in the use of horse and cow dewormer poison control calls um, since, uh, you know, that people have started taking this and it's become this new uh, what they're calling a cure for COVID, which obviously the science has not backed up. Um, and if you are a listener, we are not recommending that you take uh, any sort of cow or horse dewormer. If it's not meant for humans, I don't suggest you ingest it. You know, I want to know what their logic is behind that. You think you think because it's for a core horse or cow, it's stronger? And, <laughs> you know, I don't know, like, like why? What made them think horse dewormer? Is it because coronavirus, you know, it, it looks like an apple with worms sticking out of it? What was... <laughs> why <laughs> I, I have it's no crazy. idea what the idea behind this was um we i mean luckily at some point eric will be back and we can ask him if he took <laughs> maybe that's why he's not here tonight maybe he's he too busy taking his horse dewormer, dewormer. <laughs> yes. to protect himself from covid19 yeah, 
Um, also, Governor Pritzker, we're in Illinois where we taped this, uh, recently mandated that all schools, all healthcare workers must be vaccinated. If you're a teacher and you choose not to get the vaccine, you can take a weekly COVID test instead, um, which, again, I thought was a great step. But could you imagine having to take a test for COVID every week? Have you ever had a COVID test? Yeah, I've taken, I've, I've done it, I think, a total of four times since all this craziness has started. Um, that, that'd be ridiculous. That would be so, you know, unpractical and <laughs> just right. downright annoying. That'd, that'd be crazy. I mean, I'm happy to hear that. My my girlfriend, she's actually a uh, Chicago public school teacher, um, and uh, she's vaccinated. And she wears a mask still, even in public, you know, just because she wants to, you know, have that extra safety net, safety net for kids because, you know, just like, uh, uh, I don't know if you heard, but just like those people who are worried about their kids who have pre-existing conditions, you know, who knows? You know, it's hard to track everybody. It's hard to know. A lot of times people don't even know they're allergic to certain things. So how, how can you know, you know, just because, you know, let's say, for example, all the kids who have pre-existing uh, conditions aren't in school. Like I just said, some people don't even know they have allergies. You don't really know. We don't really know anything. We don't really know, you know, the best way yet. So really we got to just, you know, throw a blanket over the whole thing and, you know, be as safe as possible. Well, for sure. No, I, I agree with you. And I think the science behind masks is pretty compelling. Uh, a lot of people uh, don't understand that the mask works better if both parties are wearing it when they're in a room together, um, that it's not as effective if it's just the one person who has a condition wearing it. Um, Eric and I have debated over that for uh, a long time, but I do see you do believe in the science of masks, same as me. Yeah. Well, I'm going to have to start playing devil's advocate because this is getting too friendly over here. Too friendly. Okay, so. <laughs> I'm going to have to start disagreeing with you, you know. I, I think we could find some topics for sure where you and I probably don't see eye to eye, um, at least not entirely. Let's start with, uh, let, let's try a couple just to see. Um, what is your take on gun control? Do you think guns should be, that there should be more restrictions, less restrictions, no restrictions? Well, just like uh, the other thing, I have mixed feelings about it because, you know, a rational mind knows there's crazies out there. There's crazy folks out there. And um, honestly, it's weird about gun control because how many stories I need to do the research. Maybe I just don't know enough, but I need to do the research. How many, um, you know, how much gang violence? Because when I think of gun control, I typically more so right off the bat in my mind think of gang violence on the street violence you know uh, maybe like hate crimes just public outside type events I don't typically my mind doesn't immediately go to school shootings because my thing is with school shootings and stuff like that you know um, um, mass events and things like that typically from what I've researched that is when you see legally owned guns being used um you know, for illegal things, you know, kids getting um, a hold of the parent's gun, you know, the son getting a hold of the dad's gun, you know, a lot of suicides happen that way as well. Kids getting a hold of their parents' guns because a lot of parents, you know, want to raise their kids around guns and teach them gun safety and, you know, respect, you know, um, um, you know, a weapon because, you, know, we- you know, death and danger is a part of life. So a lot of parents want to respect that and teach kids about it. But a lot of times you don't realize our kids are ready for that kind of responsibility. Um, but when it comes to like, gun control i don't really know because you know me being in illinois you know us living in illinois i have a gun card and i own several guns and um you know i guess my true feeling about it is maybe it could be stricter because i do feel very strange when i got my first gun when i got my gun card of my uh first gun it was very easy <laughs> it, it felt very very i just applied i paid 15 bucks i waited about three months 
And then I went to a gun shop, put a down payment. Three days later, I have a gun, you know, so and and took no training, you know, now granted, you know, I'm not a criminal. They do do a background check, you know, but who knows? They don't know. I've never been to uh, I've never been um, put into a psychiatric ward. They don't know if I have depression or I'm suicidal or hate my job or my boss or, you know, they don't they really have no record of how, who I really am. You know, criminal record is very easy to keep clean. You know, we've all sped and not got caught. You know what I mean? Um, it's very easy to not be, you know, a felon. Um, it doesn't mean, you know, you're a saint either. So, you know, my I guess my initial very innate true feeling about it is maybe it should be harder because it did feel weird being that easy. You know, it, it really did feel weird. I was like, wow, I, I walked into the uh, gun shop and went shooting with my brother. And I was like, wow, I'm just shooting a gun in public. <laughs> I'm like, this was very simple. You know? Obviously, it's safe. They have, all the owners, have, all the workers have guns like that. But it's like still, you know, there's nothing really stopping me. It's, it's about as hard as getting a driver's license. There's nothing really stopping me from driving into a Walmart. You know, it's really not that safe, you know. It's um, much tougher to get something like a CDL to drive a truck, to get a hazmat endorsement fingerprinted yeah. by the FBI. Um, I, I would make, if it were me, the size of the gun the scope of the gun, the number of bullets based on um, how much of a license you need. That's how I would change the uh, gun rules, but I'm not a gun guy. Um, I have shotguns. I trained on shooting guns, but I'm not uh, into guns at all. I don't own a gun. Um, I'm not afraid that you're all going to come visit me now that you know, I don't have a gun in my house. Um, (laughs) I, I trust that society, I don't need a gun. Um, to feel safe, to feel protected. Uh, and I, I'm not a huge gun advocate where I want to take everyone's guns away, but I do think there should be, um, I do think you should have to have mandatory insurance to own a gun. Um, so that if something does happen with your gun, the other party is protected in some respect financially. Yeah, no, definitely. I definitely, but at, at the end of the day, I definitely feel like the right to um, bear arms should never be infringed because, you know, um, I think we had an argument, not, not an argument, but I think we talked about it a little bit, maybe a few episodes back, but um, I was talking to Eric about the right to own a gun, and I told him, I don't think you have the right to own a gun, I think you have the right to defend yourself, because to me, rights, me personally, now you're going to get a little bit deeper into my political views, you know, uh, my philosophy, M- to me, rights come from whatever you want to call it, whether it's God, creator, nature, I don't think mans are the authors of reality. Um, so I, I personally believe that um, defending yourself is a um, natural born right. Um, so no matter what happens, no matter how bad it gets, no matter how many gangs are in the street, you know, you know how, no matter how harsh this sounds, I might regret this when I have a kid, but no matter how many school shootings there are, as a principal, you should never be able to ban guns, I feel. I think you'd have a real hard time even trying to ban guns. I don't think that's a reasonable solution, at least not in our current um, state uh, with us being so divided so divisive any attempt to uh, keep people from being able to purchase guns right now would just go over as uh, an author author wow am i having trouble with that word tonight authoritarian uh, <laughs> view uh, dictatorship trying to take the guns um, i yeah. could applaud it in the right society but i don't think we're anywhere near the society we need to be to start to eliminate guns yeah no i don't know so 
Um, let's try a next one because you you seem pretty similar to me in terms of uh, gun gun laws. What about healthcare? Um, are you for private healthcare, corporation companies, or universal single payer system? Um, well, a lot of times, you know, as an American, I love the idea. And I love saying, you know, private business, you know, ownership of your own things is a, you know, beautiful thing, obviously. But we're a wicked people. We're, we're, a, we're a wicked, broken down, selfish, greedy people. And we see how we're not here for each other. So we need regular as much as much as I don't like, you know, forced regulation and um, um, being compelled to do things. We do need, um, you know, protection from private companies, you know, just bending us over with healthcare, you know, because they do it with everything else when it comes to wages, when it comes to, you know, work, when it comes to anything else, you know, that's how it is. So I don't understand how anybody who's living in reality, you know, like I said, I get principles. I can admit, I love the idea of private everything, you know, private ownership. I love the idea, but I'm also a resident of reality and I see how um, it doesn't really work out. You know, I can see how people are getting screwed left and right when you um are when, when you allow yourself to be blind by your own principles so i think it should be um taken over by the government and it should definitely be a right to all and i i personally feel um i i wish it had gone further but i think obamacare was one of the greatest things that passed any president uh, in my lifetime for sure um that it did change okay. healthcare in huge ways um and i think it's one of his greatest accomplishments yeah so you and I agree on another thing. So, all right, let's move on here. We're immigration reform. Do we need immigration reform? Do you think it should be easier well, for immigrants to get into the country? It's a hard one because part of me wants to say yes, because I see what's going on in other countries. We are, as much as Americans, as much as my generation wants to say how terrible we are, which objectively we are. But by comparison to, like I said, reality, we're pretty fantastic. You know, we are one of the best. We're the best. We're, you know, honestly, America is literally a shining beacon of hope to other countries. Like, it's not even an exaggeration. So I would love to help out other people. But um, what people don't understand is, you know, a lot of people my age would say, you know, America's, ter- America's terrible. They, should, they want to move to Switzerland. They want to move to all these different places. Well, the reason you think those places are so much better is because they don't let people in. It's a lot harder to become a citizen in those places. We're so hard to deal with. And, you know, America seems so polarized and, like you said, so divided is because we're trying to coexist with a lot of ideologies that literally should not coexist, our, our literal sworn enemies, you know. And not to say that's not going to be possible, not to say that's not going to help. But, you know, it's hard to, you know, just fit everybody in this country. And America, you know, the whole idea of us is, you know, you know, uh, the pursuit of happiness, you know, life, liberty, pursuit of happiness kind of stuff. We want to help out. We want to, you know, do these kind of things. But like I said, our principles are great, but look at reality. You know, policing the world didn't work out so well. You know, trying to bring, you know, minorities in here. We kind of don't, you know, treat them very fairly. Um, So I don't really know. I can see why, you know, for example, let's talk about the southern border. I can see why a lot of Mexicans would want to get into this country. But, you know, it almost seems like a crap shoot. You know, maybe they're, you know, I mean, obviously it is their life down there. Some of them is so bad. It doesn't matter how bad it is up here. So they don't care. But I don't know. Maybe it should be harder. Harder harder in the sense that 
we guarantee more opportunity for those coming over versus, you know, letting them in and kind of, you know, figure it out themselves like a lost child, you know, or making it so hard, you're finding babies in a desert, you know. So um, let me play devil's advocate here for a second. Um, probably the biggest thing you hear people complain about in the workforce is we can't find more employees. Um, there aren't enough employees to fill the jobs. As things progress now, um, even post-COVID, and in the last 10 years, fewer and fewer uh, people are having children. And when they do have children, they're having fewer children than they did 30 years ago. So we are a shrinking population. Um, so with that said, where do we find more workers if we don't uh, improve, make it easier to get in? Yeah, well, that's the thing. See, these are all fake problems because, you know, the, the real issue is we are not because of lobbying. We're not allowing comp- we're not forcing companies to pay workers proper wages and we're allowing other uh immigrants to come in and work for less and it's just a big you know mess of not enough workers not enough pay everybody's complaining nobody's happy nobody can actually live sustainably the problem isn't that we can find more workers the problem is that we're not nobody wants these crap jobs and they're willing to outsource and they're willing to subsidize and they're willing to streamline you know profits just for maximize shareholder profits and um it's not that we need minorities to work these jobs we need to make laws that uh enforce livable wages not minimum wages livable wages um so the thing about jobs to me that has nothing to do with immigrants or or immigration immigration is a is a um it's kind of like when you're sick and you don't take you could just take a day quill three days in a row and get better or you only drink water, which it helps, you know, you feel better drinking water, but you should just take the Dayquil. The the immigration, putting immigrants in the jobs, that's just the drinking water. You know, that's the crap shoot. That's the, you know, just helping out, you know, long, that, that's the short-term, long-term help, whatever. If we would just raise the minimum wage, we there wouldn't be work shortage in the first place because we all need the work. I mean, how many homeless are in California? <laughs> we, we, we all need the work. There's plenty of people to work these jobs. I mean, obviously, you won't hear me fight you if we wanted to pass uh, uh, legislation regarding minimum wage. My question would be, would you do a federal minimum wage higher or would you do a state by state? I would have to do a state by state because federal, I feel, isn't really as as federal. You know, the people who don't really pay attention seems more encompassing and seems more important and seems more, you know, helpful. But it really isn't. It's it's, it's really just more of a general foundation for each state to, you know, uh, work with. So I feel state would be way more um, beneficial to each person. I agree with you um, again. All right, we're going to move on. There's something coming. I can feel it. All right. Um, okay, here's one where who knows. Uh, of course, I feel police uh, should be held more accountable. The uh, inherent ability to commit what could be a crime for others is not one for them because they have qualified immunity. So of course, I do think that that is something that needs changing. Um, How qualified immunity works, what it is when it comes into place. Chris, do we agree on this? Uh, I'm just checking. (laughs) All right. So let me, let me go full crazy just for the sake of argument, for the sake of argument. All right. So let me give you my take on the police. Let me give you my take on the police. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> qualified immunity, 
<laughs> if anybody for for anybody who knows who that is, if you don't already agree that it's literally evil, there's something wrong with you. Because if you don't know if you're if if you're past the age of eight and don't know humans don't try to cover their own bullshit, <laughs> um, there's something wrong with you. And if you're gonna do something as serious as take lives, um, ruin lives, put people in jail for 20, 30, 40 years, you know, um, ruin job opportunities, take away the ability to vote. If you're gonna do things that serious, um, but also not have the ability to hold yourself accountable, um, that's not a good recipe for anybody, anything or any like ever. It's 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 a terrible idea. I don't know why that's a thing. I don't know how it became a thing. Um it's the same thing with police officers turning off dash cams and not getting that that's not destruction of evidence. It it doesn't make sense. It's clearly it's life can sometimes be so black and white that it's hysterical. You almost feel like you're in a movie sometimes. The older I get, you see things and you feel like you've you've seen this in a movie, you know? <laughs> um, but qualified immunity is just ridiculous. The fact that you can potentially, you know, not be charged with the murder of somebody and yet paramedics you know, um, uh, uh, special aid, you know, people who help out, you know, special needs people, um, all these type of things. My One of my best friends is a paramedic. He deals with drug addicts, um, uh, the mentally handicapped, you know. He deals with all types of patients who can, you know, pose all types of threats, all manner of threats. And not once has he taken a life. You know, not once has he has, has anybody died. He doesn't carry a gun or anything, you know. The fact that these, you know, so-called trained professionals um, can't handle that. Um, is insane. And I actually have done extensive research and have made episodes on my own podcast. Uh, I'm going to plug Uncommon Sense. Um, I've done extensive research in, in, in my own podcast explaining the mind frame and what the um, what the actual science is of how the police brains work. Because when you're in a constant adrenal state, when you're in a constant state of adrenaline, and I don't know if you've ever spoken to a cop or done any research reading into interviews with police or how the training is, but you are shown videos daily of police officers dying, being shot, being killed. You know, it's it's murder porn for the police officer. It keeps them on edge. And when you are in a constant state of they're the enemy, they're the enemy, not you're here to help them. Now, granted, being a police officer is dangerous, and this is what the right hate hearing, because we make it seem like the police, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to lie either. These new age kids and, you know, these, you know, a lot of liberals, they make it seem as though the police need to be nice. They need to have pillows and blankets. You know, they, they, the way they make it seem, that's not what they're saying, but that's how they make it seem. They, they, they make it seem as though they forget criminals are dangerous. Criminals are killers. They, they make it seem as though the world is a dangerous place for police. So I'm not, I'm not trying to diminish that idea. Police work is very dangerous. It's very costly. But at the end of the day, you signed up for it. Are you brave or are you not? You, you, you signed up. Nobody forced you to join this job. Nobody handcuffed you and made you sign up to the police officer. Are you brave? Can you do it or can you not? Because these are lives at hand. And it needs to be said that bold. Can you do this job or can you not? Because there are lives being taken. You, you clearly can't do these jobs. This isn't some, you know, light work you're doing. There's lives at stake. Whether or not you're killing somebody, you're putting somebody in jail for 20, 30, 40, 50 years, you know, for, you know, crimes that may not be, you know, uh, just or, you know, proven. And like I said, when you're in a constant adrenal state, now this is all real neuroscience. This is um, when, when, you, when you are in a constant adrenal state, you're 
brain, the way you think, the way you work is rooted in the R complex of the brain, which is the brainstem. And that is the fight or flight complex. It isn't where any of the emotion is. The emotion is in the mammalian brain, the midbrain. The reason it's called the mammalian brain is because that's the brain that developed when mammals became a thing. Mammals like meerkats and lions and wolves live together. They have emotion. You know what I mean? So it's called the mammalian brain. They have feeling. Reptiles, lizards, alligators don't. That's why the R complex is called the reptilian brain. So when you're in a constant stressed fight or flight state and you are, you know, running not on full cylinders, not on all four cylinders, but only in the R complex, you don't really have much empathy. And it actually, it physically, in your brain physically, not just mentally, but like physical, you can see it with a microscope. It physically damages the neural pathways to the mammalian brain. So now we have second degree psychopathic police officers because first degree is when you're born with improper wiring, right? So you don't have the ability to feel, you don't have the ability to have empathy, but you can also have second degree psychopathy, which is when you are traumatized, when you are, you know, let's say raped or, you know, beaten at a young age or, you know, in an abusive household, you you shove it down, you, you, you block it out, you, you stop, you make yourself no longer care and you become a dull person. The police are doing that, doing that to themselves over a 10, 15, 20 year career, you know, of holding people down. Because number one, if you don't like the idea of beating somebody, but that's what you do, like, well, okay, so let's not say beating somebody, but let's say, okay, let's say something as light as giving somebody a ticket, right? If you don't like the idea of giving somebody, you know, a ticket, you know, I get a ticket, you know, I tell the cop, because I've been in situations where I talk, try to talk the cop out of it. Oh, I'm sorry. You know, I really can't afford a ticket. If, the, if I get a ticket, it'll ruin me. I can't afford a 125. I'm sorry. Like, I, if, I, if I do this, I can't pay my phone bill. I can't pay my car insurance for this month. It'll really fuck me over. Can you give me a warning? And they give it to you anyways. They're like, sorry, no excuses. Give it to you anyways. If you're a person that doesn't care, you're already an unempathetic person. But if you're somebody who does naturally care and feels bad, but it's your job to do so. So think about it. You're, daily, you're doing something you don't like on a daily basis. You are either going to do two things. You are either going to become self-loathing because you are constantly doing what you do not like and you do not morally agree with and you will hate yourself because of it over time. This isn't overnight, over time. Or you will shove that feeling down and lose empathy and become a type two have type two type two psychopathy, which is fixable, but it's so, it is what it is, and so, nobody's willing or able to talk about it like that. So I can give you some common ground here, but I, I am finally going to find something we can a little disagree on. Um, for instance, when a police officer gives a ticket um, for say excessive speeding, drunk driving, um, running a red light, ignoring a stop sign, he is helping protect the rest of the public because he's trying to dissuade someone from repeating that behavior. So to some extent, um, he should be, hopefully his reward centers are going off too, because he's protecting uh, the rest of society from bad behavior. Um, So at least in that respect, I wouldn't say that necessarily a ticket is always going to be that those are your only two choices. Because when I um, I, I deal a lot with truck drivers and when truck drivers do have, uh, cause you know, in my day to day, um, I, I help a lot with safety. 
Um, and so when I do see bad behavior, I, I talk to them about it. I don't engage them like they're bad people, but I do talk to them and say, hey, you shouldn't do this. Here's another way you could handle this. And I do it in a, you know, I don't beat anybody up. I'm far more social worker than I am police officer. <laughs> yeah, but, no, I definitely, yeah. I definitely understand that. I, I was just using the ticket as a, as a lighter example. I wasn't trying, I, I wasn't sure. trying to say cops beat somebody like cops. It's a daily thing. Cops are oh, chasing somebody down. Yeah. I wanted to use that as a very light example of, you know, cause, cause you are right. That is, that is a perspective. I'm keeping the community safe. I, this person was speeding. They could have hit some old lady, you know? So that is a real perspective. That is, and, and that, that's also true. That is why we have tickets. We don't have tickets to be assholes. You know, we don't have tickets to charge people. It is trying to keep society safe. So if you had that perspective, yes, that is true. But overall, you know, police work is hard work, you know, and a lot of cops, a lot of detectives, they'll tell you, um, if you do research into it, you'll start to see cops getting a very dreary look on citizens, on life itself, because they, when you're a cop, you're only looking for the bad, you know, you're looking for the lawbreakers. You're, you're in that dark part of the world, you know, and it, it can't help but do something to you. And I, I wish we had more psychology in politics and in policing. And, you know, I wish we had a better understanding of the human psyche and just, you know, but that's, that's, like I said, my podcast, I talk about, I talk about that kind of thing because that's what I feel are the root issues, the root causes of politics. Everything else is just, just like the immigration, picking cheaper immigrants is the, you know, drinking the water versus taking the real medicine, not talking about a, a lot of the policies we put in place are just easy fixes versus the overall fix. So, um, I, so I'm going to disagree a little bit on the immigration thing too, but just a little bit in the sense of when I was saying like more immigration, I wasn't saying because of cheaper wages in my industry, I would say 85% of the people I work with are immigrants. Um, and I'm always hiring. I've never had a day where we aren't hiring someone new. If someone new wants to come on board, um, we're welcoming. We just get more immigrant applicants than we do American. Um, fewer and fewer people want to drive trucks. And that's a, you know, that's a fact, uh, you know, where we do have a hard time getting more in. Um, yeah, that's, that, that, that's very true. I, th I thought about that also. A lot of people talk about factory jobs. To be honest, nobody in 2021 wants to work a factory job. I always hated that argument. Nobody wants to work a factory job. Maybe like, you know, somebody in their 50s or 40s back in the day when those were more popular. Nobody my age wants to work in a factory. Like, we have to be honest. A lot of people are just lazy. <laughs> <laughs> you want to be rap stars and reality TV stars. I got it. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it looks fun. <laughs> Right. <laughs> I uh, speaking of uh, people who wanted to be rap stars, I went to a prom that uh, Kanye West was at back in 1995 when his prom was. Uh, he was Polaris High School um, here in in Oaklawn. Uh, that's where he grew up, um, and that's where he went to high school. It was uh, like a gifted kids high school. I didn't go to that school. I was just at the prom. Um, wow, but cool. I remember. Uh, the school, those kids, and if any of them are listening, and I'm sure they are, I know some people from Pi who listen to this religiously, um, they made fun of him. They never thought he'd be a world famous rapper. So as much as they still make fun of him today, because, well, I mean, he hung out with Trump, so he kind of went over the deep end. <laughs> but beyond that, he did bring what he wanted uh, to reality for himself. So, you know, I, I kind of applaud that. That's, that's tough when nobody else thinks you can do it. Yeah. All right.
Um, so I've got one more big one left. Um, and then I have a, like one more discussion I've got to do with you, but women's right to choose. Where do you sit? All right. I'm all for the women's right to choose. I, as a Christian, obviously don't like abortion. Um, I think if you can avoid it, you should. Um, a lot of women, you know, the, like I said about the liberals making it seem like a lot of women make it seem like they're saying abortion is perfectly fine. I know, I know what women mean. My body, my choice. You know, the argument is everything's so polarized and everything, everything seems so black and white. It's, it's, it's really annoying. I see posts on Facebook and on Twitter all the time about abortion is perfectly fine. If you think aborting a baby is perfectly fine, then you're, you're, you're crazy. Abortion is abort, abort mission. Nobody wants to abort, whether it's military, whether it's a baby, whether it's not, aborting a mission, aborting anything is never part of the plan. You know what I mean? So it's not good. Um, people don't want to, the, the people that are for abortion don't want to say it like that. It's not good. The argument is it's necessary because people make mistakes. Um, not everybody's going to be safe. Not, every, not everybody's going to wrap it up. Not everybody's going to do the right thing. So abortion is necessary, but I hate the, um, I hate the theme and the feeling that people make it seem like it's okay because um, I'm a very firm believer that um, a good society can exist doing bad things, but a good society cannot exist doing bad things and saying it's good. Um, so I'm all for abortion. I'm all for the choice for abortion. Like I said, I understand bad things happen. I understand you're not ready to have a kid. Um, and I'm all for women's choice. I don't think it's my choice at all. But where I do come in, where I do voice my opinion, if it is a woman's choice to abandon the baby, to, to abort the baby or keep it, regardless of what she chooses to do, I should at the very same time be allowed to abandon the baby or if she wants to keep it, be allowed to raise it. So she, if, if she says she does want to keep the baby, I should be allowed to say, well, I don't want to raise it. That was your choice to keep it. Remember the whole argument? My choice. You just made your choice. So here's my choice. I, I do think you actually get that right. You just end up with financial responsibility. But that's not abandoning. Abandoning. Because when you abandon a baby, when you get up for adoption, you're not paying anything. You're fully abandoning it. When you pay child support, you're not abandoning it. You're, it's a, there's a financial there's a stream of money attached to you, attached to that baby. You haven't, you haven't severed that yet. That's not abandoning. You know what I mean? And if that's the case, you also still have, since you're paying financial aid or financial aid, since you're paying, you know, uh, uh, child support, you are still able to legally, you're you're legally allowed to still see the baby. So you still have some kind of connection to it. You know what I mean? That's not full abandonment. That's you just not, that's you not wanting to be there, but you have to be there. I, I just meant your legal responsibility if she kept the baby and you wanted nothing to do with her, the baby would just be the financial support. You could just pay the financial support percentage and never see her or the baby again. And no one would be able to say, I mean, they could say you're a bad person, but no one could say you did anything. Illegal. Yeah. But why, why do you to. have, why do you have a, as a man, why do you have a financial and legal obligation to pay for the baby that she chose to keep? You see what I'm saying? Like I said, I'm no, I have no problem with abortion, woman choosing or anything like that. But it's clearly the man's choice is what doesn't I, matter, obviously. I, I, I actually think you've raised an amazingly interesting argument because I would have a hard time disagreeing with you on an intellectual level completely because I can find no fault in your logic here. That, uh, you see what I'm saying? Because the woman, the, oh, I, the, 
the, the, the woman can can kill it at the end right. of the day. You know, if we're gonna say it as blunt as possible, she can abort it, she can get it for adoption, she can keep it. All choices are said and done that she says. But if I say I don't want it, right? So let's say I don't want it, she don't want it, fine. I don't want it, she wants it, I still gotta pay for it. That doesn't seem like it's my choice. It seems so, like it's ultimately her choice. Yeah, I'm saying I would have a hard time making a uh, legitimate yeah, logical argument. That is my only issue yeah. with it. That is my only issue with it. That is the only reason, and I still don't. I still don't argue for. I'm, I'm still not against. I still, I still will ne- never argue to make abortion illegal, but I will always argue. I, I won't. I won't defend. I won't defend that, because. The women typically and society does not care about that side of the man's problem. Since I still have to pay for it, since I don't get my rights, since I feel like since I feel as though my rights aren't being considered or taken seriously, I'm not gonna fight for yours if they change the law. I'm not for it, but I'm not gonna fight for you. Because you're not fighting for me. I mean, I, I still will always fight for a woman's right to choose. And the the biggest reason for me isn't because I think uh abortion should be used as birth control but rather because when you start to legislate something and say you can't do something when there is a legitimate reason that you cannot have the baby that's not birth control that starts to get harder and harder imagine a world where any form of uh, abortion was illegal and suddenly a woman had a miscarriage would the police need to show up at her house and investigate what happened i mean that's pretty scary to me pretty uh it's a devastating time when you lose a baby so i can't imagine having on top of that a police investigation in your house because you had yeah, a miscarriage yeah. yeah i mean there's so many reasons um ecotopic pregnancies don't make it but there are some crazy people out there who do believe you should have to carry that and that's uh not a viable life um so it's it's some crazy uh, things that that's where my slippery slope gets but i don't think we have enough time for all of that because this brings us to our final this my final piece of tonight with you which is uh you do not self-identify as a liberal no but you recognize at least that all of our all of the big topics that republicans and liberals debate you're on the liberal side so far tonight like i haven't found anything where i'm like oh well there, there's a super conservative viewpoint i haven't heard it yeah well i don't know it's funny i mean i feel i guess technically i would be more central in the sense that i i can see both sides officially i feel like officially now look i don't it's funny because i'm on this podcast but i don't study politics up the wazoo i'm not on it every day you know what i mean so at the end of the day maybe i'm not educated enough to even officially name myself but the way I feel about it from what I know about politics and how it is and where people lie in the spectrum, I feel like I'm a, I'm a, uh, I'm in the middle, but I feel like officially I would be a liberal. But the reason I feel as though I'm in the central or, or center is because I agree with all of it. The rights like guns. I like guns, but I also don't own 30,000 of them. I don't care about them that much. I'm not like, like you said, you're not a gun lover. I'm, I like guns more than you probably because you don't like guns at all. I, I just think they're cool. I think they're interesting. I think that, you know, violence and death is a part of reality. So I respect, I don't like it, but I respect it and I need to learn about it. Um, And with that being said, I need to defend myself, you know, um, because like I said, violence is a part of life. Um, Same thing with abortion. I, you know, I'm a Christian, 
morally, I don't like the idea of it. But like I said, I'm a resident of reality and I know things happen, you know? So I feel as I personally feel like I'm in the center, but I feel like somebody who knows what they're talking about, who truly knows what they're talking about with politics would place me as a liberal. Well, thank you. So you are saying I do know what I'm talking about. So I appreciate it because <laughs> that's what I got. Um, I, I think too, there's a big difference between a liberal and a Democrat or there can be, I shouldn't say there is. Um, mm-hmm. And so you can say, I, I would think you lean more uh, a liberal, even though you might not be a Democrat because that's can be two different things. Although yeah. I've never met another Democrat um, who is identical in my thinking. Um, because that's where I think party matters so much and why I think voting matters is if, uh, you deal with like-minded people, even a little bit, when you can find common ground, you can try and push the party, those people to changing things to the betterment of what your view is. Whereas if you're alone on a cloud voting for a libertarian, like David Fox Mullen, hi, Dave. (laughs) Um, just in case you're still listening, we, we do bring you up from time to time. He's one of our producers, along with Danny. Um, I feel like he's voting for nothing because I don't think the Libertarian Party has enough strength to ever grow on a federal level um, to become a party of choice. So I feel like he's, as much as they want to push that angle, the small party um, has to choose a side and needs to try and influence from within. Trying to so you don't think that will ever... You don't think that will ever, right off the bat, like like during an election, have a third, like a real viable third party candidate? No. You think they have to move within one of the two parties and slowly move it over? Unless one of the party implodes, yes. And the only way a party would implode is like if uh, this is the closest I've ever seen it, which is Trump Republicans and Republicans. Yeah, I was about to say it almost. Yeah. Did, did. Um, and that that could then spill us into a multiple party system, but. In the very interim of that, you would fall into a very Democrat-run country. And we're not quite seeing that. We're seeing um, a constant divide. Isn't that funny? We only get together when bad things happen. You only see your family at funerals. We only only (laughs) become a free state when one party explodes and fills itself. What? Can can we we fix it before the problem starts? Jesus. (laughs) So, um, I... I uh, thought tonight was really interesting, Chris. I feel like the audience is getting to know you. I feel like I'm getting to know you. And I hope uh, at some point we can get you debating directly with Eric, too. We, we need the voice of madness on this show. Oh, yeah. Do you agree? It'll be fun. It'll be fun. That's what we're missing. Is, I mean, Eric would disagree with us on everything we talked about tonight. So tonight was... <laughs> uh, a little too positive if next week we don't have eric i promise to take the republican side in every argument so um expect that yeah, i next, will have no next no week if eric's debate. not here we'll just uh we won't even talk about politics we'll just have a knife fight in the street you know just to, just to have some fun you know yeah <laughs> <laughs> just to have a little bit of combatants <laughs> so, so chris final thoughts um, well, folks, uh, 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 keep your guns. Don't love them too much. Um, you know, keep a solid mind out there. You know, you know, keep your eyes peeled. Don't, don't, don't fall too far on either side because it's problems with them both. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you again for joining us on Checks and Balances podcast, your edutainment podcast. It's uh, been a special week, and we hope you join us next week. Have a great night.